0: Amen. Turn in your Bible, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We'll begin reading in verse 25. Just a couple of uh, things here. Well, I was going to introduce Corey, but he's gone. I was going to introduce to you Mr. and Mrs. Corey Hemphill, uh, but uh, he's stepped out. But uh, uh, that's Leslie and Corey. Corey. They're married and uh, legally, so you'll see them together a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, she's always gone when I'm up here. But uh, Matt and Rosie Newton are expecting another little girl. And so we're excited about that. All right. So Appreciate her ministry in the preschool very much. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, and I'll tell you right up front, This is four weeks of sermons this morning. Uh, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But it's going to be quick, all right? We're going to to make it quick because Thanksgiving next week is Evangelism Sunday. And uh, I just encourage you, if you've got someone who's lost uh, that doesn't know the Lord, if you'll get them here next Sunday morning, there is a wonderful chance that they'll be saved. There are people who have the gift of evangelism. I'm not one of them, uh, but Dr. Don Witt is. And I'll just tell you, folk will be saved next Sunday. If you'll get them here, uh, they'll be saved next Sunday morning. It'll be a tremendous time. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. There, Here comes Corey right now. All right, good. All right. Matthew 6, would you stand with me in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you. Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit under his statue? saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, thank you this morning, only Jesus, only Jesus. Lord, we can come and lay our burdens down, our trials and our tribulation. And uh, Lord, we can leave this place with a peace that passeth all understanding, but it's only through Jesus. I pray this morning for every person in this congregation that you would let your Holy Spirit have control of all of our thoughts, all of our actions, every decision we make. May it be based upon the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray you'd cleanse me and you'd fill me with your spirit. May people hear you through me. And I praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We come to the end of Matthew chapter six with a very uh, uh, common problem, a common occurrence. Maybe... We want to say it's more in the world, but the real truth is it's in the church as much as it's in the world. It's a thing called anxiety, anxiety. Now, I want to say right up front uh, that I'm I'm not against doctors. I love doctors. I think some people ought to be on medicine. Uh, I'm not preaching anti-medicine or hospitals or anything else, but I am telling you that I think sometimes in America, we have discovered that there ought to be a pill for everything, and we go there first. And in reality, we ought to come to the Lord Jesus Christ first. He's the great physician. And when you deal with Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you're dealing with presenting the Messiah. Uh, One day, he's going to sit on the throne of Jerusalem. He's not sitting there today. He doesn't have a royal uh, office. He doesn't have an oval office. He doesn't have a castle. None of that. Uh, But we can still let him be our king in our hearts. We can carve out a space, and we can say, Lord, you're going to be king of my heart. You're going to be king of my mind. You're going to be king of my actions. And and when you come to this thing of anxiety, uh, a definition might be you worry or you're uneasy about something with an uncertain outcome. You don't know what the future is going to hold. And many, many uh, believers struggle with this. I'm talking about saved people. I'm talking about people in the New Testament church Believers, been saved by the blood of the Lamb, are nervous and uneasy and out of control and stressed. And when we find ourselves that way, we find ourselves becoming a slave to our own circumstances. We're locked into our own circumstances. The Lord deals with this in the middle of this discourse, right in the middle of the kingdom of God, because here's the deal. If the king is ruling like he's supposed to, see, there's no need of having a kingdom if you don't have a king. There's no king if you don't have a kingdom. So if the king is ruling like he's supposed to, and if I'm submitting like I'm supposed to, and when he's king and I'm his subject, the things that make me uneasy, the things that make me not knowing about, the things that I don't have any control over, they're not my problem. They're the king's problem. I can't change things. I can't do that. Now, every time, body here believes, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, but the moment you find yourself just a little undecidedly, you're going to end up drowning in the seas of anxiety. The problem is not that it's not been explained, it's been explained over and over. It's not that it's not been taught, it's been taught over and over. It's not that it's not been exposed. What the problem is, is we take what we know and we set it aside. We don't do it. We, we take what we've learned and then we don't apply it. We take what we've been taught and we don't use it. We take the Bible and we put it uh, aside and not put it into practice. We're struggling with anxiety today. but Not because we don't know the Bible. It's because we don't live the Bible. When you live the Bible, you don't struggle with anxiety. You, uh, you can't kill somebody with a gun in your pocket. You have to take that gun out. Cock it. Pull the trigger. And I want to tell you something. The devil is not scared of you hauling your Bible around with you. You can have the biggest King James Bible you want to. Pull it on a red wagon if you want to. That don't bother the devil. What bothers the devil is when you begin to live that Bible. Then the Bible, then the devil gets uneasy. Uh, But you're not dangerous because you carry a Bible. So let me give you four things here quickly. And uh, about... How to get over this anxiety. Uh, and, and in reference again, there are some people that cannot do this. They need medicine. I tr- totally believe that. And I'm totally in favor of that. Don't you dare leave here and say, well, the preacher said. Uh, you, you, I don't mind being quoted. Just don't lie. All right? Number one is this. Decide not to worry. You say, now, preacher, that's elementary. Well, if it's elementary, how come we're not doing it? I mean, we just need to decide I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I mean, we need to make up our mind. The the, the decision is yours and mine to make. If we worried, it's because we chose to worry. And we need to get, uh, just throwing this in, we need to get past our attitudes of blaming somebody else for everything we do. Well, if they hadn't treated me like this, I wouldn't have done this. No, you ought to be a bigger Christian than that. Well, if the job would have treated me, if the money here, if the kids would do this, no, no, no. The truth is, we need to live above our circumstances. By the grace of God, when the things of life, the tribulations and the trials all come our way, folks, I've got a God bigger than all of that. You've got a God bigger than all of that. And anxiety today in the life of a believer is never about spiritual things, it's not spiritual. I've never seen anybody get stressed on wanting to pray three hours a day. I've never seen anybody getting stressed on wanting to read their Bible more each day. I've never seen anybody get stressed on wanting to be a soul winner. You don't stress about spiritual things. You stress about material things. And that's what he's been leading up to all along, remember? He said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures here on this earth because moth and rust are all going to corrupt them. And if it don't corrupt them, then somebody's going to come by and steal them. You're going to lose it. So he's talking about material things. Stress comes when the money's not in the bank. Stress comes when the outfit you want's not in the closet. Stress comes when the car you want's not in the garage. Stress comes when the man you want to marry hadn't revealed himself. <laughs> ah, the struggle to become a better Christian does not produce anxiety. The struggle to have things does. The whole context is over material things. <clears throat> In Psalm 42, when David says, "As a dear pan there he's not talking about the fact that he's, struggling over material things. And he said, he is talking about the fact that it seems like the devil is closing in on him and he's hungering and thirsting after God. He wants to see God uh, meet the need in his life. This world is a world full of things. It's a world full of stuff. I got so tickled, uh, you know, uh, about the time we learned how to use these uh, smartphones we've got in the middle of the night. They creep into our house somewhere and change all of our operating systems. And then, lo and behold, the next morning we get up, we can't operate that thing anymore than we could the first time we got it. That's the new toys, the new status quo, the new things. We, and we jump on the roller coaster with it and go. Decide this morning, I'm not going to worry about the things of the future. That's a simple decision. I'm not going to worry about it. Hmm. Well, let me give you number two. Number two is consider the works of God. See, if you want to have an appointment with me or some other psychologist or some other pastor, that's wonderful. But you'd be good to set up an appointment with King Jesus first. Because I want to tell you something about him. He's got 100% approval rating. He's never lost a case. You, You come into Jesus and you do what he says do and you never leave disappointed. You will never leave upset. Uh, we, 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 we find the works of God. Let me just quote a few of them and I, I don't have time to quote all of them. I've got 40 of them written here but let me just give you a few of them about the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Job 36, 24, that thou magnify his work which men behold. Psalm 104, 24. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Psalm 139. I'll praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Do you realize that if if the axis of this world moves a, a half an inch, you'll freeze to death or you'll burn up? God has made all of this. Consider the work. When you get ready to be anxious, consider what God has done. Even in the human body, consider what God's done. Genesis 1:31. God saw everything he'd made. Behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Psalm 92, for thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I'll triumph in the works of thy hands. Job 38-41, who provided for the raven his food? When his young ones cry unto God, they wander for lack of meat. I remember the days of old. Psalm 143-5, I'll meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of thy hands when you find yourself stressed out and you find yourself full of anxiety then you need to remember what God has done, you need to remember the works of God, let me just ask you this if the God of the universe has created everything and keeps everything going, don't you think he can take care of us why are you worried over the future if God can do all of that, don't you think he can take care of us You've got to decide you're not going to worry. You've got to consider the works of God. Thirdly, you need to separate yourself from the world. Distinguish yourself from the world. Verse 32 says, for after all these things, after all these things, when you begin to get anxious and you're worrying about the things of tomorrow and you're nervous and you're stressed out, you know what he's saying? You're acting like the world. You're acting like the world. See, you can't be a good Christian when you're doubting. You're acting like a lost person. The Gentile word here can be interchanged for the word heathen. He's literally saying, you're acting like a lost person. Now, let me ask you this. Forget the spiritual. Throw all that away. Let's just do a good country question and answer. Here's the question. Does the fact that you're born again count for anything? I mean, you've been born again washed in the blood of the lamb. Doesn't that count for anything? Shouldn't it be different the way we handle stress from the way someone who doesn't have Jesus handles stress? The fact that we've been saved and redeemed, the fact that we were children of darkness and now we're children of light, shouldn't there be a difference in the attitude we have towards stress? Acts 4.25 says, Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Galatians 1.16, To reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred, not with flesh and blood. Luke 12, 30, all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Your Father knoweth you have need of these things. Jesus is saying when you run after the things of the world, when you're stressed out, when you base your life on temporary things, you're acting like you're not even saved. You haven't learned anything, he's saying. You see, we're different people. You say, preacher, how are we different people? Well, the Bible says in First Peter, as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things, silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. We wasn't, we wasn't redeemed with silver and gold. 1 Corinthians 6:19. What? Know you not? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5:17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We ought to be different from the world as they handle stress. Ephesians 2.1, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Colossians 2.13, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. He has wiped your sin away. John 11.25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. We could go on, Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans eight thirty seven and all these things, we're more than conquerors. Romans eight thirty one. 31, uh, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We could go on and on and on. Boy, have mercy. When we begin to get anxious, we need to separate ourselves from the world and realize who we are. In Jesus Christ. Could I, could I just tell you something this morning? If you've been saved, if you've been born again, you've been adopted into a special family. you got an inheritance that no one else has. You've been raised together. Could I tell you this morning, if you've been saved, you'll never spend one second in hell. Not one second. You'll never pay for one of your sins. They've already been paid for and you will never re enter the family of Adam because you're in the family of God. You see, we need to act like, don't have a worldly philosophy. You know, when you go to get pictures made, uh, we men love that. You, they, they have this backdrop up here, and everything references the backdrop. Okay? I mean, no matter what, it's all referenced by the backdrop. Listen to me this morning the Word of God is our backdrop. The Word of God is our backdrop. Don't have a worldly philosophy. When you don't have the Bible as your backdrop, you're in trouble. You know why? Because everything shifts, everything fluctuates. This morning, we're seeing things going on that 20 years ago we'd have thrown people out of the world. We said, You ain't going to do that here. Uh huh. It all fluctuates. It all changes. But the Bible is constant. The Bible is reliable. The Bible is truth. The Bible is relevant. When everything else has gone out of style, when everything else is stale, when everything else has gone bad, when everything else has expired, the Bible is still there, tested and truth and profitable and profound and prophetic. It's still the word of God. Everything we do ought to be in the backdrop of this word right here. It's all right here. It's all right here. Let me give you this last thing. We need to reject anxiety about the future. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. Now, God said don't take any thought. Stop being anxious about what's going to happen in the future. We're stressed out about what's going to happen to our families and what's going to happen in the future. Let me just tell you, first of all, it's a sin to worry about tomorrow. Now, you may not agree with that, but I think I look at verse 34 and I count that as a command from Jesus. He said, take no thought for tomorrow. So I'm just telling you, if you're staying up all night taking thought for tomorrow, you're living in sin. Jesus said, don't take no thought for tomorrow. It's wrong. To him to know it to do good and do it not, it's sin. You don't have any ability to change it. You don't have any ability to, a capacity to, to control it. So why are you all anxious about it? I remember years ago, I was visiting a sweet lady in MD Anderson. She had cancer, and it, it was a bad situation. And uh, she just was just happy as a lark. And I, I'm a lot younger then. And man. I'm thinking, and, uh, as, as you're not concerned, I mean, you know, the family's all crying. She's sitting there laughing, cutting up. She said, oh, I am concerned. I said, well, what, what are your concerns? We, we, let's pray about them. She said, my concern is uh, how I'm going to make the bed in the morning, how I'm going to fix breakfast for my grandkids, how I'm going to have Bible study with my grandkids at night. She said, My concern is not about cancer because I can't do anything about it. So why would I be concerned about cancer? I need to be concerned about the things I can't do something about. And this morning, let me tell you, there are some things that we don't have any control over. All we can do is pray and trust God. That's it. We don't have any capacity to to, uh, control it at all. So it's a sin to worry about tomorrow. Take no thought, he said, for tomorrow. And then secondly, rest in the assurance of the facts. What, what, what are the facts? Well, the tomorrow shall take the thoughts for its own self. I have some rest. You have some rest. I don't know what's on the highway. I drive a great deal after midnight, early in the mornings. They tell me that, you know, it's a big percentage that people you meet after midnight, they're, they're drunk or they're half drunk. And I'm half asleep, you know, I don't, I don't, my wife says I can't die before her. I said, well, I can't live without you, so you can't die before me. So what we try to do is ride everywhere together. We both get killed <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> we just fly out of here together, amen. I don't know what's on the highway. I don't know what's on my body. I, you have no idea what your body's going to do. I went to the cardiologist Thursday, and he put one stethoscope and went, hmm. What does that mean? Hmm. He, and he, honestly, his words were, if I'm a doctor sitting here, something bad wrong with you. That's what he said. But he said that last year too. And they run all the tests and there's nothing there. So they're going to run tests again and there's nothing there. You, you don't know what your body's going to do. You have no control over it. I, I, I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to go ahead and go there. Some of you young millennials, we love you. We love millennials here. Amen? Y'all worried about this climate control and all this stuff? Uh-huh. Did you notice this week science said the reason for climate uh, differential was because of the axis of the earth? Hmm. You, you, you sell all your SUVs you want to and drive around in these little electric cars. We'll drop by and give you a plug on the way. I'm not, we need to take care of our universe. I'm not for, I'm not knocking that. But I'm just saying, let let me tell you, our God's got the days numbered. This earth's not gonna last a day longer than he says it's going to. And it's not gonna be cut short a day shorter than he says it's going to be. We don't know about the weather. We don't know about our bank account. We don't know about our children. We don't know about terrorism. There's some things we don't know. You look at all those things, but I'll tell you what. Rain or shine. Money or broke. Friends or all alone. Calamity or a great day. When the clock strikes 12 and the sun comes up, God's still on his throne. He's still there. He's going to stay there. I rest in that assurance. I can walk in, and I told the group over at at, uh, Mason Creek, I probably got the most unpredictable job of anybody in here. Insecure. I'm very insecure. I take three or four of y'all off, and you get on the line, and you start talking, and before long, I'm out. Hmm? Hmm? But I want to tell you, out or not, God's still faithful. Whether you lose your job or not, God's still faithful. You walk in the doctor and he says it's bad, God's still faithful. God's still faithful. He's right on time. He mans his spot. And we rest in that assurance. And then we need to rest in the favor of God. Maybe we need to go back and relearn some scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures is, We're hoping for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's not what it says. For we know. We know that God's working all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Not we hope so. Not maybe. We know. We know. Have you forgotten what God has done for you? All these things work together you love God or you called according to his purpose? Rest in the favor of God. Let me give you this last one. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. Persevere. Today has enough problems in it for you to not worry about tomorrow. <laughs> Just take care of today. I see people who are all torqued up about tomorrow and the future, and they're getting beat up today. Quit worrying about the future and, and live for the Lord today. Somebody put a hilarious thing, I thought it was hilarious, on Facebook this week. Has a picture of a woman screaming, I want to go on a mission trip. And there's a picture of a cat sitting over there on a bowl at a table. Says, You won't even serve in the nursery. I'm thinking. Brother, that's where we are. Everybody's wanting something else. Hey, why don't you do for God what you can do today? Why don't you just bloom where you planted? Why don't you just have a spell and trust God where you are today? (laughs) J.C. Penny had a case of the shingles, got very sick. If you've ever had the shingles, you know, there's a light case, a medium case, or there's a bad case. He had a case. If bad, that got worse. Doctor put him in the hospital, and uh, he was there. He, one night, he uh, he couldn't uh, he couldn't sleep. Doctor gave him some medicine to knock him out. It did knock him out, but he woke up. He wrote. He knew he was going to die, so he wrote all of his family letters. Wrote every one of them, and then he drove a dove. Uh, uh, slipped back into sleep. He woke up the next morning thinking he was dead. But he could hear a choir singing down at the end of the hospital. Be not dismayed, whatever the cost. God will take care of you. That little chorus says, God will take care of you through all the way or all the day. He will take care of you. God will take care of of you. You really believe that? Listen, if we really believe that, there'd be no reason to worry about tomorrow. We know who's got tomorrow covered. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we, we just need to consider the things of the day and to be the very best Christian we can be today and live for Jesus now. Bow your heads with me, would you please? Maybe there's somebody here this morning. Say, preacher, I've never had a time in my life when I let Jesus come into my heart and save me. I want you to pray for me. I'm not going to come to you. Nobody's looking around. I just want you to lift your hand up. If you want me to pray for you, I'll pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I see that hand. I just want you to pray for me, preacher. I've never been saved you're here in this place now you'd say, Brother Charles I know I'm saved but I tell you the devil gets a victory after victory because I'm worried about tomorrow I'm worried about the future I got so many things I'm stressed out about would you just pray that God would give me a peace that passeth understanding would you just slip up your hand and I'm just going to pray for you thank you, thank you Thank you. Lord, uh, this is your time. your invitation. (laughs) Only Jesus can help what we need today. I pray today, Lord, in the midst of this service, that your spirit would have control. You would speak to the hearts of men, women, and children. And I pray, God, that they'd be obedient to follow you. And to be, to make you Lord of their life, whatever decision. I pray, God, these altars would be full of people who would come and say, I, "I need to just pray. I need to get my heart in tune with you, Lord. Have Your way right now. We love You, and we praise You. Thank You for what You're doing and going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with?